You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. Hi, welcome everybody to Side B of this week's Clock Radio Speakers. Um, I just finished doing a diatribe against the Swagger Wagon commercial. <laughs> um, Yikes. How you I'm doing, man? Shot. Nah, it wasn't anything serious. We just, I had to take a break. We had to take like a little 10 minute intermission. I had to gather my thoughts. <laughs> had to get some prayer in real quick because <laughs> like Doc just, yeesh. No, I'm joking. Not really. We recorded this immediately after we finished. Don't, but d- don't destroy the magic. I'm sorry. Um, so we got we still got some new music to talk about. Do we? Let's talk about your man Mike Will. What do you What do you do? <laughs> I'm getting old. Like, Who? I'm like, did he just put out a record? So did he, Mike Will put out a record. The Mike Will. Whenever you use the the word "the" in front of whatever you're talking about, you should just. You should just drive the swagger wagon. Like that's yeah. that's what's going on. Um, on the so he released the first leak off his new mixtape. Is with another mixtape? Well, because uh, by the world didn't do anything. Um, which was a single he put out with Kendrick and Future, and I forget who else was on it. Um, yeah, the single's called "Take a Picture," and it's got Young Thug mm-hmm. on it. And I know that means that you're really interested in it. The only reason I want to point this out is this is actually a good song. <laughs> Um, Mike will, he, when he, I've talked about this actually on past shows where he doesn't just do sort of standard trap beats. He is kind of always like pushing at the edges. Sometimes it's cause he's bored and he's like trying to throw in variations. Sometimes it's cause he's really trying to like actually do something a little different so that it is, you know, it's that really good mix of, I understand where this fits in, but there's something a little different to keep me listening. And I think him and young thug are actually a really good combination. I think young thug and Metro Boomin are a really good combination too, as well. I'm not gonna lie. I would totally listen to a to a, a well done Young Thug mixtape at this point, because um, I'd rather hear that. Yeesh. I'd rather hear that than some of this other nonsense I'm hearing right now. Um, but I just want to say, like for me, like Mike Will's done some stuff lately. Like I feel like he's kind of rounding back in the form, and I'm actually kind of interested to see what's going on with this mixtape. Yeesh. 2014 been that bad. What is Mike Will young, done? Th- young Thug has gotten your attention. I don't. I, no, I think Young Thug like. I'd rather listen to Young Thug than Party Next Door. Yeesh. It's funny because, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the first Party Next Door. I haven't heard right. the second one, but some of those Lucy's that he was throwing out this year weren't bad. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the Arm. I'm going to put my Armand Scully on for a minute. Um, this is the wrong time of year for Party Next Door. What this, is he? A fall, is he a fall guy? Is he like is the weekend? N- this is not summer music. Um, not at all. There's, there's really a couple problems here. Like, he isn't a particularly good rapper. Is or, he a rapper? Well, he sometimes raps. Or singer. Okay. Or songwriter. And the beats aren't really great enough to save him on every record. He is okay. Okay. And he's always kind of, to me, just okay. Like, on the record that he's on, that he's got Drake on call, Recognize, Drake both raps and sings better than he does on the same record. Like, if you're supposed to be an R&B dude, isn't that a problem? Yeah. He's kind of like, clearly future influences... There's cl- like he's in this weird zone, but there, like when I listen to his stuff, I'm not like I'm either thinking to myself one of three thoughts. I wish I was listening to The Weeknd. I wish I was listening to Drake or I wish I was listening to Future. I never find myself saying I wish I was listening to The Party Next Door. Mm. So uh, let me just say I'm not impressed. <laughs> OK, Did, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't listen to the project. Nope. All right. Did you listen to this cam first of the month volume two? Nope. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do so it. So this this one's not good. Nope, nope, nowhere near as good as Volume One. Not even in the same ballpark. This is um yeah, 
It doesn't he have like a bunch more volumes to come? Uh, one a month for the rest of the year. It's such a that that is like a pristine rapper move. Yeah, that is a pristine rapper move. Right. Um, and we talked about what it. That's what they're gonna do. You've got Jewel's on Wake Up Now. You got Jim Jones on Wake Up Now. I'm trying to hustle. It's just not. Yeah. Those, ML, those MLMs. That's where the money's at. Anyway. Anyway. Um. You man Ross just dropped two new videos kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw one of them. I saw the what a shame. I saw the what a shame video with the hilarious intro. No, you say hilarious, and I'm like trying to erase from my brain a Rick I'm Ross sex scene. Listen, no. listen, listen. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not gonna listen. <laughs> listen, I, as a as a as a person who grew up watching really bad B hip hop movies. Such as Unbounded, Baller Blocking, Thicker Than Water with Mac 10 and Fat Joe, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm used to rappers doing absolutely anything to make themselves look like a boss, but then just come off looking so stupid. You're just numb. I'm just numb to it at this point. Like, yeah, whatever. Then the fake Italians in the videos, like, all right, here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Ross really wants to be a 1997 New he York abso- rapper. He absolutely does. In just every way possible. And you know, it's funny, like, I kind of forgot. What a shame's not a bad record. I mean, aside from French massacring. Oh, stop. Lucini on the hook. Um, oh, stop. But actually, you know, the beat is actually, I, I might need, I can't believe this. The beat is dope. We, this has been a really off year for hip hop, and I'm being polite. We might have to revisit that Ross album. You might. I mean, we ain't doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we don't have time to do it. Wow. The Ross album is, um, you know, had some records on there. Yeah, it did. I, yeah, yeah, okay. I was about to say the same thing. It did. It had some joints. I mean, Sanctified. Woo. I need to revisit that song. Oh. At least at least just for the beat. I'm still not big on the content, but I do yeah, remember. Yeah, I, 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 I can see why you might not like that beat, uh, that content. Um, um, i trying to think there was another record that I really liked on that. It's, oh, the, um, I like the intro. Um um rich's gangster was dope yeah there, there was some there was some songs on there um the other video he dropped and i have no idea why is for supreme which is the uh scott storch record with um with your man in the background um chief sweat thank you and the funny part is i saw, when i saw that was a uh i'm just going through this yeah oh yeah because yeah, then it had the uh i think blessing in disguise that was the record with scarface and zero i think that record was dope too right um yeah, I saw the artwork for that single and just busted out laughing. Like, y'all, y'all are really going with that? Because now Scott Storch, forever embedded in my brain, is getting a haircut with all, every beat that I hear from him. I'm like, yeah, he got a haircut while he's doing that. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I um, Ross is always really interesting when it comes to the, the types of singles he picks. He rarely goes for when you hear the album, you're like, that's the single. But I guess an even greater point now that I've said that is, has Ross ever really had an album where you're like, that's the single, unless it's like the first single? I was going to say, single. you mean aside from Hustlin'? Well, his fr- that doesn't count. That's, that was our first introduction to Ross. But if you look at all his singles, like... Right, hold up. To, to-, <laughs> to the Wikipedia. I think his first and second singles are always like the most obvious. But Ross always has four and five singles from each project. 
And like the singles that come after the really obvious ones are the not at all obvious ones. So like, let's see, God Forgives I Don't. Right. I guess Hold Me Back was the single that like... That was the single. Along with So Sophisticated. That was the that was like a buzz single. Right. But right. Hold Me Back was the single. Right, that was then the first he had single. video. Then he have a video... I, s- I swore he had a video for 10 Jesus pieces. He definitely, you know, Dice Pineapples was one. <laughs> yeah, because they were playing out on the radio. That is the obvious single. Well, now, hold on. What about um, Teflon Don? Uh, Super high. That was the first single. That's my point. Yeah, that worked. It didn't work the way that we thought it was going to work. The way that BMF ended up, I mean. I thought that that record, I thought that Super High was amazing when I first heard it. And I thought right. that that was going to take Ross out of here and it didn't. But right. then, you know, I'm Not a Star should have been a single. Um, I could have saw a video for Tears of Joy. Um, I could even saw a video for Live Fast, Die Young. Um, but they went with Aston Martin Music, which I think is, isn't that his second biggest single after Hustling? It is, amazingly. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so like, you know, Ross putting these two singles out, uh, is this just, uh, is this just, you know, he's trying to keep the buzz alive or trying to do something... Like, why even, is anybody, has he been pushing anything off this record? Like, is he touring? Is he doing anything? No, nah, I don't think he's touring. I think, you know, I think it's a it's a testament to, um, you know, what most artists should do. He hasn't put out a whole lot of music in a while. He's put out a few, you know, singles here and there, a couple freestyles, but he's still promoting his album, you know? It, and to, to a degree, I'm not mad, not even to a degree, I'm not mad at it. He put out the album in what, March, April, something like that. And here it is, August. It's like, yeah, still put singles out. Still invest in that, especially because there are absolutely no hip hop albums out right now. Like, do it. Why not? We always, you know, rappers always think that think that they always respond to a dip in buzz about their project. Oh, I need to put out a new one. No, like put out something from the existing project. So, mm. all right. So now I think we can finally talk about sort of two artists who are, let's just say, in going in different directions with their career right now. I want to talk about Trinidad James. I want to talk about Bobby Shmurda. Who? Right. We really need to get those shirts made. <laughs> Bad. Um, so we're going to have our man Hyphen on the show in a couple weeks so we can really like get in-depth on some of this stuff. But Trinidad got dropped from Death Jam. Are, are you surprised? Um, no, I'm not. I believe that the people who signed, I wouldn't be surprised if people who signed him aren't there anymore either. I, what's interesting is like for artists like Trinidad, you know, we see in, in a sense, rap contract, you know, these sort of music contracts that we hear like with big numbers, they've always been like this, but they kind of resemble big NFL contracts, right? So uh, Andy Dalton today signed like what, seven years, 115 million. Yeah. Not seven years, 115. It would be seven years, 115 million if he hit every incentive in that contract and if they picked up his his contract for that long. They have the option to pay him seven years, 115 million if basically he won the Super Bowl every single year. What it really is, is a two-year contract for $25 million with a series of one-year team options and then escalating bonuses depending on how far he gets them in the playoffs. That doesn't sound nearly as impressive as seven years, 115 million, right? Right. Much in the same way that how much did they say Trinidad got signed for? Uh, two mil, three mil. Right. And then of course the infamous Papoose contract. <laughs> One what was it? 1.5. Right. The $1.5 million man. Um, Papoose, Papoose. Oh, we need to talk. We didn't even talk about Remy. Oh, we didn't even talk about Remy. 
We, we can come back to that at the end if you want. Um, you know, Papoose didn't get a check for $1.5 million. <laughs> if it all worked out, Jive could have had him, could have paid him $1.5 million, right? Much the, you know, I, De- Trinidad did not get one or two million or whatever people said he got. He probably got maybe a third, a fifth of that, roughly, as here's your advance. Mm-hmm. Now go make an album. Um, and then if everything works out, there could have been money for more advances and stuff. But it, it's not like they'd get a check, right? Right. You take that. You take that money. It's an, it's considered an investment. You go. You pay for producers, studio time, whatever you need to generate some more buzz, and then. If you generate more buzz, more healthy buzz, um, they'll give you more money to make more money, essentially. Right. So, so, so much like in the NFL, what labels do is they get this big, shiny number that really only is achieved if a series of things happen that the average artist doesn't ever get to. And it creates this really friendly situation for the label. Where they get to control, they're basically saying, you know, for Trinidad James, it's basically if Trinidad were to blow up, we have put a cap on how much money we're going to give him up front over the course of whatever, right? They basically have, they, you know, they're basically saying, this is the most that we could possibly give you if everything turns out right. If it doesn't turn out right, you know, then they're only out what they spent initially. It's almost a weird question of like, so the, these sorts of contracts are really... I want to say they're advantageous for the labels, but I, I think they might not be because they encourage a very disposable type of behavior, mm-hmm. right? But in a sense, it's like, okay, so Trinidad just got dropped. Is he now worse off than he was three weeks ago when he was still on Def Jam? No. Is he better off? Yes. Is Def Jam worse off? Do we think it's a good thing that this whole thing even happened? <sighs> to me, it speaks to the culture that we're in. We're like... People are willing to throw, like people saw what happened with all gold, everything. And maybe it was a misjudge of Trinidad, like where people weren't necessarily like rocking with the record because it was a good song. It was one of those songs that just induced a good time because of how silly it was. And I think that Def Jam and labels like that, when they see stuff like that happen, they throw money at it and they're like, do it again. So it's like, you know, the one time where you jump over a car and they're like, do it again. Like, nah, that was a, that was a once in a lifetime thing that like by all intents and purposes, if you listen to Trinidad James talk and if you just see what he's been doing, his whole thing has always been fashion and sneakers. So he started up a YouTube channel and did, you know, did sneaker reviews. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't really about music. I think at that point, it just got to being a contractual obligation fulfilling that. I don't know if he necessarily always wanted to rap. I think he just, you know, he hit a he he hit a vein. Struck he struck oil one good time. Right. And you know, here like here we are. Like Right. Um and so yeah. now on the flip side we get we get your man Bobby Schmurda with the Schmoney dance. Yep. So I a couple things I didn't realize until I really like that's right. I, I really did research on 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 your man Bobby Schmurda today. Him and his him and his crew basically downloaded a, a zip online of Jalo Beats instrumentals. Mm-hmm. They are everywhere. Right. Two records came out of that. Shmoney Dance, which isn't even Bobby Shmurda's, it's his boys. And then Hot Whatever. I'm, hot in word. Hot, I can't even say that. Hot person. Hot what? Hot person. Hot person. <laughs> As I said in the pre-show, Hot Brova. Um, we'll just say Hot. Both came out of that. Yeah. The social media buzz 
really didn't start till like six weeks ago. Sean Money links up with him, gets him this signed. Is the, this is the story. Mm, okay, I want to hear your comment about this. Gets him signed to Epic for two point five million. Although I just went over how those numbers don't really matter. Um, they've made it official with Jalo Beats, meaning he's gotten paid now for those beats, and they're gonna get him in the studio in a couple weeks to actually work with Bobby Shmurda. And this is where we're at as hip hop. Like hip hop's hilarious, right? Six weeks. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's the story. Now, you you, you said you, you seem not I, persuaded. I, just, I think that, you know, ever since, you know, Wiz Khalifa got outed about, you know, being signed long before his signing actually happened, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, kind of capitalized off that buzz early and they put some money behind this buzz. I mean, six million views. Like, it's weird. Like, with, with all gold everything, I got it. I understood how the buzz came and the type of song it is and the video. Like, what's the difference between this song and any other random bunch of dusty niggas in the hood, white tees and, and dreads and any other, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no difference. The song is decent. The rhymes are decent. The video is decent. Like, it's, it, it, it had to have been the Vines. Had to have been the Vines. Right. Which were funny, but they were completely irrelevant to the song. Like, those aren't like... Let's blow you up and get you, you know, uh, uh, reported $2.5 million off of some vines of you dancing to songs that aren't even yours. What's really kind of funny about this whole thing is to watch the entire New York hip hop industrial complex, for lack of a better word, fall all over themselves. Yeah. To try to anoint this kid. Weren't they just doing the same thing with Troy Ave a month ago? They've been trying with Troy for a while. And he's, he has went completely silent. I remember, I remember seeing some tweets that they were saying that some people out of Troy's crew was, you know, kind of making little snide remarks about him. And ever since then, I haven't heard anything. Remember, remember the Your Style remix? Exactly. So you get a record. This, see, this is the problem with, this is the problem with rappers. And again, talking and hyping up and stuff. Like, there has to be a right way to do it. Um, you, not only do you hype the record, you again, get these tastemakers, I'm using this word again, that other people swear by, oh, just saw the lineup for the Your Style remix. This is going to be crazy. Just heard the record. Like you just put it out on SoundCloud and that's it. There's no video. There's no follow up. Nothing like this is why I always tell artists who ask me for advice. Any, like, don't just put something out. You have to put something behind what you're putting out. You have to connect them to something. Like there's nothing else. Now they're just working on another mixtape. But the, but isn't that on the isn't that on the label? What label? He's not. He's apparently not signed to anybody. No. That's what a label used to do. Like that. Like that's in this case. It's almost like I wish you would have like gotten rid of the independent thing. I wish you would have announced that you got signed with Def Jam or whatever after um after uh. Summer Jam. That's a super New York hip hop thing to do. Yo, independent artist is on the Summer Jam stage for the first time. Boom. Two weeks later, we signed to Def Jam. Right. They didn't do any of that. They they maintained the fact that they were independent. Then they put out the Your Style remix. And now there's nothing. And now everybody has moved on to Bobby Shmurda. And it's almost like Troy Ave has to start all over again. Because the people, the casuals who who cared about him when he was doing records with Diddy and T.I. and doing Summer Jam stuff. Again, creating moments, because that's what hip-hop is about right now. It's about moments. It's not about music. It's about moments. And 
You get that? And now Troy has to start over. Now he needs another record. And I liked your style. I thought it was a dope record. That record's done. Unless he does a video. And even now it's like, too we late. gotta do like the, yeah, it's too late. It's too late. The video has to be flawless in order for it to pick Steam back up. It can't just be your standard New York Dusty Negroes in a bodega video. Like, he, he has to, he's really got to do something elaborate. He's got to spend some money. He's got to be like a throwback to those old bad boy movies. He's got to be like on a yacht or a bike. That, means, that, means, that means you got to get Diddy in it. You got to get Diddy. Yeah, Diddy has to clear that. He's got to make that, that cameo. You can't do that Your Style remix video without Diddy, Mace, and, and T.I. They ain't doing nothing. What they doing? For real. Mace just threw a party for leaving his church. Um, T.I.'s parading Iggy Azalea around. Like, Uh, look what I did. And uh, Puff is, he ain't doing nothing now because his his top ghostwriter's in jail. They're they're available. Anyway, back to Bobby. I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just just realizing in his rant that I'm like, I'm not the angry old man. With hip hop, but I'm just like, like, come on, y'all, like, do it the right way, like, do it the right way, like, stop, like, having Twitter followers and and likes and all that is completely irrelevant to your career. Them likes can't keep your lights on; they can't keep you hot. I was gonna say, is that is that a line you've used somewhere? <laughs> um, yes, I actually have a line similar to that in one of, in one of the songs that I'm working on. Absolutely. Um, so when we always talk about these sort of new New York rappers this next generation new new york new new york it's uh it's always interesting to sort of try to figure out their influences um maybe it's the jalo beats but meek's an obvious influence on this kid this isn't even his this was a lloyd banks i know beat two years ago i know i rapped to this beat um two years ago and then visually these videos they've clearly been watching chief keef yes um but <laughs> So, there, I mean, this is basically Chief Keef style videos over Meek Mill style beats inspiring the next generation of New York rappers. Like, I'm, there's an old head part of me that just wants to, like, you know, take an aspirin right now. But is there the, – I, th- I want to go back to what you said earlier real quick, which is, you know, with All Good Everything, you can hear that record and understand. Is there anything about – that you've heard from Bobby Shmurda that makes you think this kid has something? You're like, asking me? Yeah, like you can make fun no. of me for liking Young Thug all you want, but my God, Young yeah. Thug is leagues better than Bobby Shmurda, right? You can, like, again, I, I can listen to music and say, I, th- I'm not a fan of this, but I get it. Young Thug, I get. Right. I get it. I'm not a fan, but I get why people like him. Um, again, ch- when All Gold Everything came out, I got why it was a phenomenon. This is just the complete, like, it's so average in everything. It's not even a great Jalil beat. I'm a no. Jalil Beats fan. It's a very standard run-of-the-mill Jalil beat. The rhymes are whatever. The video is whatever. It's just the dance. It's just the dance. And the funny part about the dance is, again, it's the dance over other people's beats, other people's songs. Over the Albie Short Night and Day. Over D'Angelo Lady. Like, that those are those are funny those are entertaining but is that worth a record deal with with uh with epic because somebody vines your dance and synced it up with with a different song it's just there's just that's why i'm like ah they put some money behind that why they put some money behind that i have no idea i even watched his i watched his interview did you see his interview with the breakfast club yeah i mean the first 15 minutes were spent like trying to get him to like let his guard down right he's very like inward and quiet and like short answer then he picked up and i'm like okay all right i get it cool story bro but even then it's like 
there was nothing about that interview, even after he, after he opened up to make me say, okay, I can see how people would be attracted to this kid, especially nowadays that you are like people are buying you. So they're not buying, you know, like Robin Thicke. This may be the worst example. Robin <laughs> Thicke may have like Paula may have been like the greatest album ever. It could have been this generation's thriller. But they were looking at who Robin Thicke was and what he's been doing personally in, in you know, in the public eye for the last six to eight months. And that in turn determined whether they were going to buy this album or not. Right. You're talking about more than just the music. Right. Right. <laughs> recognizing that when it comes when you're talking about the overall appeal of an artist it's not as simple as just music right we we sometimes override a lot sure yeah sure sure you look at um your you know your your uh your artists and even your actors you know who you know have self-destructive lives they're into drugs they're into all this stuff but then they're so good at what they do it's like Mm, they give you know fans where we we can be very forgiving right so you know recognizing that there's more to an artist than just just the music they make but in this case you're right like i watched that i, I watched i tried to watch it it was painful to watch the breakfast club interview and it's yeah. like and it's like okay so basically the 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 dance is the personality like that's pretty much all they got and it's not even it's funny like Epics jumped in pretty quick. Like it's not even like it's a cr- it's not even like it's a thing really. You know what I mean? Like part of that is how fast social media spreads stuff like this, right? First you got people, you know, tweeting about it, you know, Beyonce does it on stage. You know, oh, Dra- right, right, right. You know, Drake Drake does it at the ESPYs. Like it's yeah. it's like social media can spread this stuff really fast. So like labels even 5 years ago not even five years ago, three years ago, would have sat back and waited to see if the buzz picked up to like a real like heavy noise. Yeah. But now they almost feel like they have to jump in. Now, again, I'm assuming that he wasn't backed by a label. They're like they have to jump in so fast. Right. Because they don't know if what's, what's going to happen, you know? And it's a, um, like just from the mu- just from the music point of view, ah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I was reading some articles like, you know, I was, well, I was on Spin and Complex, and people were like calling him a dope lyricist, and I was just like, I mean, come on, listen, like, don't insult I don't, my intelligence. Like, you could call him whatever you want. Like, you can say he's clever, he's got a line. Don't call him a dope lyricist. Are you crazy? Look, though, those think pieces from those writers whose first hip hop album they heard was mm, food. Like, I don't. Oh no! Nah, don't don't. I don't want to hear anything bad about mm, food. That's a dope. No, record. no, 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 no. No MF Doom slander. I'm not a fan, but again, I get it. But if but when that's your first introduction to hip hop, and because you listen to that in donuts while you were in college, like there's some that makes you some sort of like hip hop um like authority figure. Like get out of my face. I want to hear that. <laughs> I want to hear that because now it's about you're gonna write. To, you're basically trolling. Like you're writing and you're saying these things just to get a rise out of people, which is going to get you more clicks, which in turn is going to get you more work. You don't you don't even believe the words you're putting on your paper. Get out of my face. See, if this was the 90s, like like a lot of these writers would be getting slapped up. If this was the 90s, Doc, we should have got beat up a while ago. <laughs> 
We should have got approached at a show, and one of these rappers should have been like, hey, bruh. <laughs> Suge Knight would be sending people to Connecticut. Um, Yeah, but we're in 2014. As accessible as you and I are, you and I Instagram where we are and put our locations on and nobody has said anything. Don't don't give away the secret. I, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I don't want to be one, like, I don't want to be completely dismissive of people who started listening to hip hop later than I did because that's, that's just ridiculous. Well, look, you can you can listen to it late. Just don't say nothing stupid. Don't get crazy out here. Don't get crazy out here. Bobby Schmurter's Bobby Schmurter's a dope lyricist. Don't get crazy out here. Right. You can like crazy. you know if you want to say that you like the way he raps. Like these are all right. matters of taste. Right. Absolutely. Dope lyricist. Now you're taking it to a level. You know. Absolutely. The real question is, Epic must think that there's at least some potential for something here, right? And it's not either of these two records. In a weird sense. It kind of works to jump in so early. Imagine if Def Jam jumped in on All Go to Everything before it hit bigger nationwide and they got him in the studio earlier. Would it have mattered? Mm. It's essentially like the venture capital model of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. where 9 out of 10 of these projects aren't going to work. But the 1 out of 10 pays for everything else. And music has always worked like that to a certain degree. But now we're getting to like the speculative part where it's like recognizing that these little buzz hits that you can graph the attention they get and you can watch the wave crests and go down, right? So is it better to wait till they've proven themselves? Because by the time the label gets that, they've already now crested, they're on their way down. And now that person like Trinidad James gets to face the pressure of making their next big hit. If you right. get them on the way up. Right. Maybe that's, I mean, as, as awful as we want to say this is and, oh, why are they giving them money and everything like that? Maybe we're looking at it wrong. And I'm, I don't even want to, I don't even want to give the labels credit for thinking this way, but maybe that's the way it's working out where if instead the idea is you're going to have to take a lot of chances on a lot of people who may not pan out. Mm. But the way that buzz moves so quickly now, I don't know if there's any other choice. We can moan and we can complain and we can wish that it was the way that it used to be, but it's not. So you have to adapt. And what if this is one way to adapt? You don't like, don't wait for the shmoney dance to go nationwide. Don't wait for Michael Strahan to do it on on uh, national morning television. <laughs> Did he do it? No, but I'm, hi- I'm <laughs> hypothetical. I like how that was right, realistically. Right. No, that's, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. But you I, know I, what I'm saying? Not saying not, not saying they're Ellen, actually going to bring out Bobby Shmurda, but you know, Ellen comes out and does it. Right. Don't wait for that. Yeah. You got to get in early. Okay. Shot to this freeway. Reminds me of the, this reminds me of the I Didn't Do It Boy episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> so by the time like Conan got to it and Bart was on late night, like it was already over. Right. It, we, I, it dance. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I need to watch those early Simpsons episodes. Best show ever. Anyway. Um, what, you know, what if this is just the way it has to be? And in fact, the earlier you get in, the better. Now, there's still going to be this... Oh, well, so-and-so sigh for X amount of million dollars. But you know what that is? In a sense, that's Sean Money giving something that he can like go home and be proud of in a weird sense. Right? The sure. Brooklyn kid got the big record deal. Sure. Right? But from his point of view, he's thinking, I can see where this ends up in, say, six weeks. Yeah. Right? And the problem with fame is that it complicates everything. So mm-hmm. you intercept 
You get in there before everything gets crazy, while there's still a local phenomenon, right? Because you wait for you wait for this to get even bigger. Who knows, right? Now, now you've got all the pitfalls of here's a here's a kid, and he's a kid. He's 16, right? Here's a kid with a bunch of friends who are from who are from the hood, and now you're going to expose them to fame and money, and God help us all. Not because it's not because it's anything that nobody doesn't know. You could say that about any 16-year-old. You take any 16-year-old and expose them to fame and money, and God help us all. Absolutely. Whether it's child actors or musicians or rappers or athletes, athletes or whatever. Yep. If you're 16 years old and you get famous, hang on. Yeah. It doesn't often work. Especially if you have enablers and not handlers. Right. And, espe- and especially if you don't come from means yourself. Yes. Then, it get, then you've got complications on top of all that. Very true. Right. So if you're taking, you know, in a sense, I'm kind of, you know, I'm rationalizing what they're doing, but I can talk myself into a world where ignoring, as much as I hate to say it, ignoring the music, right? It it, it starts to resemble what the NBA draft looked like when they started drafting high schoolers. You're taking a chance on potential. You're trying to get them locked into a friendly contract. You get them into your system. Now, of course, this all assumes that you actually have a functioning A&R environment and who knows what Sean Money is or isn't doing for this kid. But you can kind of talk yourself into a way where this makes sense for a label. Does it make sense for Bobby Shmurda? I have no idea. That's the real question. How does this work for, how does this work for artists? Because I can, I can absolutely see a world where labels have to adapt and this is the way it goes. Big numbers on the outside. Truthfully, I'm sure the contract is structured so they have very little risk aside from this initial batch of money they're going to spend. But I don't, I don't know if this is what's really best for Bobby Shmurda. What do you want to say about Bobby Shmurda? <laughs> When's that Frank Ocean album coming out? Oh, we need a Frank Ocean album. We need something. Did you see, uh, did you see uh, Lil' Kim put out a flawless remix dissing Nicki within the last hour? Are you kidding me? I, 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 wish, I wish I was you wish that you were competent. <laughs> I wish I was that competent to like come up with a joke like that. Right. Yeah. I have nothing to say about that. Absolutely nothing. No, you know, Kim gave us some great music a while ago. It's all good. She's 40 with a child. Go be a mom. Why are you still rapping? What else is she going to do? I'm not even saying why. Why are you still? Why? Why do you care about what Nikki is doing? That's a better question. And clearly she feels as though she has a legacy that's not being respected. And that's the crazy part because Nikki gave Kim props. They got a record together. Apparently not enough. I don't know. What was Nikki supposed to say? I'm, I'm great, but I'm not the best because Kim did things 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That Like, is that what she was supposed to say? Right. I yeah. don't know, dog. I know, man. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about this week? Yeah, Remy. Remy, thank you. Um, Remy. We should have did this on side A, but it's all good. So Remy Ma is home. Remy's home. Got, got in the studio with your man, DJ Khaled. Yes. <laughs> I yes. didn't even listen. How is it? Um, it's, she's she's rusty. Sure, she's rusty. Um, I, I think the biggest concern and the biggest feedback that I saw that I agree with is that she should have actually rapped on hot. Like oh, she was right. gonna, you know, if she was going to jump on somebody else's beat, why did she jump on a Khaled record that fizzled out a month ago? Right. I um, no, you're right. That's a bad move. Yeah. So it, it was it was Khaled being Khaled. How long was she locked up for? Um, six years, six six and a half years. 
She got locked up in 08. Tempos have changed quite a bit. Yeah. You That's, know, because she's used to that, the normal hip hop tempo. What is that? High 80s, low 90s? Yeah. High 80s, low 90s, maybe mid 90s. Again, that Khaled record, it's a, it's, a, it's a faster record. Right. So nowadays, records are either really fast or they're super slow. Right. And Remy, you know, she had a couple lines. She had a line in there about shooting people in the stomach. Like, of course, she had to brag about that. What are you going to do? Put her back in jail? Um, <laughs> you know, she, she had a record talking about, she kept saying, you, you, you. Like, she was making re- references to, you know, the hottest rap B or whatever. So, of course, everybody's going to say that's Nikki. But Nikki got on the radio today and was like, I would love to do a record with her. And yada, yada, I said before she got locked up, da, da, da. Right. That's, and that's a perfect move to do for Nicki Minaj because you just diffuse the entire situation. Absolutely. It's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't even have to do the record. Yeah. Nah, she doesn't have to do the record. But just the fact that she's like, I, and she did that. She kind of, CYA, she kind of covered her behind where, you know, I remember her saying before then that she liked Remy. Like before all this happened, she was like, I'm a big fan of Remy. So people can reference that and not, and it not be a thing. Right. You know, so anytime you, you want to set yourself up, especially somebody who is in a spot like that, like that, where if somebody comes at you, it's because of something that they did and not because of you. You always want to play the victim role because... You know, the victim's going to get the sympathy. Um, but, you know, as for this Nikki or as for this Remy record, nah, I want her to, she could maybe put out another song, another freestyle or something that's more her traditional tempo. And then I just want her to like lock in for like a month and do a bunch of records and just scrape that dust off. Right. She's got to, you know, she's got to figure out, she's got to find her flow in these sort of records. Mm-hmm. Got to figure out where she wants to go. Yeah. Yeah. So once she figures that out, I get the, I get the, I'm home on Friday and Saturday Flex is dropping bombs to my record. I get that. That's such a New York move. And the fact that she's been locked up for six years, I'm sure she was sell. Like, I can't wait to do that. So that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. You know, maybe do one more. That's a little more traditional Remy. And then just, just lock in for like a month. I don't want to hear anything from you. You can even tease records on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Nothing official until you're ready because Shine, a few other rappers, like they were way too eager and they messed up. And before, by the time they finally got their flow right, as you suggested, by the time they found their their swing, the the general perception of the public was that, you know, you're washed, you're trash. So, you know, yeah, just have Remy, you know what I'm saying? She'd be all right. She'd be all right. She, She could, uh, she could. You know, she could do like the other side of Nikki. She can really like get on some of these gutter records, right? That Nikki wouldn't necessarily touch. That Nikki could touch, but wouldn't really like really go in on. Like like Remy could go on those, and she'd be alright. Right. I actually, you know, it's funny. Like the um, like that Ross record we were talking about uh, earlier. Um, what a shame. Yeah. Like that kind of beat will work for her, or actually, like you said, the Bobby Shmurda, you know, the the hot record. I'm surprised they didn't do that move. Um, yeah, that was the that that was the that's the obvious choice to me. But you know, Khaled, right? I don't I don't want to hear her trying to get her her Drake on. I don't want to hear any of that. I mean, her and Pap. I'm sure her and Pap are going to do a record. I know she surrounded herself with two of the most thirstiest people, and <laughs> within 24 hours of her release. Her husband and DJ Cap. Yeah, I got nothing else to say about that. Shout out to Pat Poos. Pat Poos, Pat Poos. I'm telling you, we, sh- we should have got him on the show. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about this week? Um, how much we should have got Pat Poos <laughs> on the show. <laughs> should have got him on the show. Anything you want to plug? 
Wednesday, I will be on the Pulse Radio on uh, at 7, 8. Shout out to K Vega. Shout out to Will Pounder, Pauls. Um, I'll be on their show. Then that night, I will be at the Silk the Shaka concert at Crunkfest. I will be there. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A couple things. Yeah. Crunkfest? Crunkfest! <laughs> Crunkfest! Give me the lineup oh. for Crunkfest. Silk the Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Okay, this is it. This is it. Now, if I would have paid $99, I could have been an opening act. So, like, if you look at the flyer, there's oh, just no. mad rappers that I've never heard of, oh, local no. rappers in the city. So, I'm positive Silk isn't going to touch that stage until, like, 2 in the morning. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting there super dumb late. You're going to have a lot of struggle. And I'm there for it. I'm totally okay with that. I want that. I'm going there with my homegirl. We are going to to crack jokes. I'm going to wear camouflage. Like, I was going to get a No Limit pendant, but the mall I know where they're at, somebody, two people got shot there two weeks ago. I don't know. I'll be at Crunkfest. Absolutely. And then the, 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 uh, my little fake tour kicks off on Saturday. We'll be in Lima for Agape Day, Lima, Ohio. And then, um, yeah, then I think, I'm, I think I'm off for two weeks. And then Summer Jam, Summer Jam, back to school drive. And I've got another show. Details are still being worked out. So I, I, I will be performing a whole lot this month. So if you're in Ohio, um, come out at me. I will definitely be in the building. It's your boy. <laughs> As the kids say. Yeah, no, nah, the kids don't say that anymore. No, That's us. you're right. You're right. We say it because yeah, we're making fun of it. ourselves. Yep. It's a sad world. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week's Clack Radio Speakers. As always, use the hashtag Clack Radio Speakers. Hit us up on uh, Twitter, the show's official Twitter account is at CRS Podcast. Follow that. Follow us both on Twitter. Don't follow me on Instagram, but you can follow Armand. Yeah, I'm just going to post random videos of, I don't know. Of random songs you're working on? Yeah, let's let's not give them a reason to subscribe, right? <laughs> or, you know, don't follow me. I'm only, you know, posting snippets of unreleased records. You know, it's no big uh, deal. Yeah, you know, the records that should carry me through the next 18 months. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening. Catch y'all later.